Hi, I'm James Jacobson. And I'm Pamela Lawrence. On today's episode, we learn a new word, floof, the pandemic trend that has raised a few eyebrows. And we meet Dr. Melissa Shapiro, the veterinarian who adopted Piglet, the blind, deaf, pink puppy who has charmed the internet and the world with a tale of acceptance, inclusion, empathy, and kindness. And then we journey through the heart of Europe, from Sweden to southern France, all through the eyes and nose and ears of a dog. That's later in the show, as we bring you the Europeans, the first winner of our monthly 101 Dog Stories contest. So, if you love dogs as much as we do, pause what you're doing, leash up your pup, and let's take a walk. Hey Pepper, wanna go for a walk? We've got a lot to talk about on today's episode of Dog Edition. So, I'm curious, have you learned any new skills during the pandemic so far? Well, I've been a little busy here getting Dog Podcast Network off the ground. I've learned a lot of things about podcasting. <laughs> that counts. That counts. So I heard things like cooking and needle crafts are popular. You know, some people are learning how to play guitar, that kind of thing. Well, there are a number of things that people have had to learn because of businesses closing down under shelter and place orders around the world. Like how to groom their dogs. Oof, good point. Did, uh, did dog groomers have to shut down in Hawaii? They did here in Hawaii, but we actually use a mobile groomer who comes to the house, but we didn't even want to do that. We didn't know anything about COVID and we didn't know how serious it was. So we didn't want her to come to us and we certainly didn't want her to be exposed to whatever nasties we could have had. Well, best to err on the side of caution. We were cautious. And they also shut down here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I would just like to go on record saying that dog grooming should be considered an essential business because... My husband and I tried to bathe and trim our two dogs, they have long hair, when our local groomer had to temporarily close. Get him, get him. Oh my God, oh my God. All right, come on. All right. All right, you hold on. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Be careful. Good boy. Be, be, be careful. careful. Right, can, you, can you turn him? Just, Here, just. Which way? <laughs> just turn him around. <laughs> He does, he hates it. I know, I know, I know. Just, he's fine. Come back, come back. Wait. Come back. Oh. Oh. Wow, that sounds like it did not go well. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. It did not go well. And I think there are probably a lot of people who would agree dog groomers are essential. But do dog groomers think they're essential workers? Well, I went to find out just that. Less than a mile from my house, I wandered into a dog salon called, get this, Groomingdales. Groomingdales. I love it. I love these dog puns. And I spoke with Kat Navratilova at Groomingdales. Not everyone is able to do this at home themselves for their own dogs. They bring them because we have that expertise and um, we take care of these dogs and make sure they're okay. When Kat was first shut down last March, clients began calling her for advice. I try to help them and advise them over the phone as much as I can. But you know, I still have to keep in mind that I don't want these dogs to be hurt. I gotta be careful because I don't know what skill levels of these people are. There was a fine line between what I would really advise them to do at home themselves and what I would say, just leave it. But some of us just couldn't leave it. All over the world, we saw people going online watching YouTube videos, 
I am going to show you in this video right here today the important things that you should be doing at home to care for your pets and keep them in tip-top shape. Buying online razors and scissors. All clippers are sold out. You can't even get them. We went at it. That is Shelly Ross. She's an author and a network news executive formerly from like Good Morning America and CBS News. She wrote a book during the pandemic called Scruffy, Our Loyal Pandemic Pooches and the Good, the Bad, the Crazy Haircuts We Gave Them. It chronicles some of these attempts at home grooming. So I went to the dog park in search of some of these brave dog owners and even braver dogs. So I don't know how these professional groomers do it. I'm just going to go on. I think they must drug the dogs because I cannot figure out how else they do it. Sarah and her family have two dogs. They've been grooming at home since early in the pandemic. Jonah and Natalie. No, Jonah and I. We were holding Teddy. Both of us. I don't know how the dog, it's 12 pounds. I'm not weak. We're holding the dog and somehow he wriggles free all the time and he wriggles his paws and we're swearing at him and the kids learned all sorts of new words, right? <laughs> they learned a few grooming hacks too. And I could make a joke here about a hack job, but I'll spare you. Mostly, they learned how to live with an imperfect cut. If you aim the clippers the wrong way, they work awesome, but I was like, oh my God, except for the blood. The, there was no blood. There was no blood. There was bald spots. And then it's like the thing where you have to even it out. <laughs> and once you even it out, what are you left with? A pile of dog hair. But what do you do with all that dog hair? Well, this is where floof comes in. Here is Shelly Ross to explain. So floof is sort of a made up word. It's English slang for fluff. Yeah, this is a pretty unusual trend she stumbled onto. I noticed something, a remarkable phenomenon that was happening simultaneously and not coordinated. People were taking the clippings from their dog's hair on the floor and turning them into small, medium, and large sculptures, uh, works of art. I created such a work of art, no. but it was we have these two Maltese, yeah, and uh, and I would uh, come in after my wife was done grooming and there was all this white hair on the floor. So I'd make little <laughs> floofs of either Kanga or Rue, but the sad part is I had to pick it up and throw it in the trash and that just felt bad. I can't picture it though. Picture it didn't happen. Did you take any pictures? I did not take any pictures. It's, it's like, you know, the Tibetan monks who, who who spend all the time making these mandalas <laughs> out of sand and then they have to blow it away. That's kind of what it Aww. was for me doing the floof. <laughs> well, Shelley reached out to about 50 of these folks who had posted their floof art on social media. Not me. I didn't take a picture. <laughs> Each photo featured in her book has a story behind it, like the story of Evie, whose owner practiced with the clippers on her husband first. But their toddler, who was watching, got scared of what mom was doing to her dad and started yelling, what are you doing? What are you doing? So the mom tells her, don't be afraid, honey. Look, even Evie the dog isn't afraid of the razor. Oh, okay, I don't like where this is going. I'll let Shelly tell you what happens next. And she put it down towards the, the dog. Evie didn't like the noise, jumped up, the razor clipped her, didn't hurt her, but just clipped her hair on the top, giving her an indentation, 
that made Evie look like a piggy bank. Sort of like a reverse mohawk. We can laugh at some of these pictures and stories, but we can't overlook the seriousness of the situations that some people and their dogs found themselves in. Yeah, very true. I'm guilty. My dog, Fudgy, her ears were so matted, and I brushed, and I you know, I did everything that I thought I should be doing, but they still got very matted, and I had to take her to the vet, and the vet shaved them so she wouldn't get an infection. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. It's going to count as an emergency session because... It has to come off, and Dave will shave the dog. It's not going to look pretty, but the dog's going to feel much better. So how did Fudgy look when she came back from the vet all shaved? Well, (laughs) she did not look great, but she did feel better. That's what's important. That is. A lot of places around the world are still under these shelter-in-place orders, and so not all dog groomers have been given the green light to reopen. I asked Kat at Groomingdale's what she'd like the decision-makers to know. You know, if there are maybe decision makers listening, they will, you know, understand that we are in a position where we can keep safety guidelines, um, we can make sure that everybody's safe, um, and we can stay healthy and we don't spread this, you know, virus even more, and make sure that we help the dogs. In between shelter-in-place orders, when groomers were permitted to reopen, they were often asked to trim the dog's hair very, very short, you know, to stretch out the time between cuts. Can you guess what groomers have named this style of cut? A COVID cut? (laughs) You got it, yeah. COVID cut. It's a thing now. Sort of like a crew cut where you like... (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yeah. It makes sense. That sounds like a lot, doesn't it? But it's worth taking the time for. It makes hair gleam and glisten. But even more important, it makes hair healthier too. Shelly Ross's book isn't just about floof and crazy COVID cuts. It has a bigger purpose, which is actually about developing treatments for COVID-19. You can hear about that on our sister show, The Long Leash with James Jacobson. It's a great conversation. The link to that are in the show notes for today's episode. In our next segment, we are going to meet a puppy who doesn't need a COVID cut because he doesn't have any floof at all. Dr. Melissa Shapiro is a veterinarian who introduces us to her dog, Piglet, who is a deaf, blind, and pink, no floof puppy, who inspires students and teachers alike. That's when we come back after the break. Okay, here. Piggy, why don't you lay? I'm going to get him to lay down. He knows when I'm doing this that he's going to go to sleep in my lap. Come on, Piggy Wee Wee. You are listening to Dog Edition. And now, a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach, and I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpup. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. It's a strange thing to do, sprinkle this powder on my food, but I wouldn't have it any other way. My time with you is precious and irreplaceable, and I'm thrilled to be with you for as long as possible. Here's to puppy playtime and senior snoozes. (laughs) No matter how old I get, I want my ever pup. It just makes me feel good. In this life, 
and the next and the next and the next. I am so grateful to be your dog and for the ever pup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. Welcome back to Dog Edition. Pam, would you say that you have a piglet mindset? Huh. Piglet? Like uh, Piglet from Winnie the Pooh? Mm. Well, okay, wait. In the morning, the first thing I do say to myself is, I wonder what's going to happen exciting today. You know, that's something Piglet says, right? Ah, actually, that sort of sounds like one of my favorite books of all time, The Duh of Piglet by, by Benjamin Hoff. But that is not the piglet I'm talking about. The story is about a totally different piglet. This piglet belongs to veterinarian Dr. Melissa Shapiro. It's a, a heartwarming story about love and empathy, kindness, including all of the things that are so important right now in the world and important to kids as well as adults. Once upon a time, there was a blind, deaf, and very pink little puppy who needed a home. I went to pick him up and it was quite a nightmare because he was screaming. Hang on, let's start at the very beginning. Piglet was pulled from a hoarding situation by Dr. Gloria Andrews, who's a veterinarian and founder of Colbert Veterinary Rescue Services in Georgia. The group uses a retrofitted RV to transport rescue animals to places where they have a better chance of being adopted. She reached out to her friend in Connecticut, Dr. Melissa Shapira, who continues the story. She sent me a note and said, oh, she has this little one pound blind puppy who is probably a double dapple. He's a dachshund chihuahua mix. And did I know someone who would be a good fit for him? He needed a home. Dr. Shapiro agreed to foster the puppy. How much trouble can a one pound puppy be? He couldn't see, he can't hear, and he didn't really know what to expect. Dr. Shapiro and her husband already had six dogs at their home when they agreed to foster Piglet. They had no intention of keeping him, of course, only taking care of him until they found an appropriate placement. He's very smart. He's very active. Everyone who applied to adopt him thought that he was going to ride around in a little sack. He wasn't interested in that. Once the decision to keep Piglet was made, Dr. Shapiro set to work on training him. And praise for the dog and his ability to follow teachings and instincts. Well, maybe not military training. Okay, but how do you go about training a blind and deaf puppy to, I don't know, say sit, which is usually one of the first things you teach a dog, right? Just like any other dog, you use a food lure treats to put the nose up in the air, and then the butt goes down, and now they're sitting. Once you do that a few times, you're rewarding them for that behavior, and you mark it, and once it's marked... You can either speak the word or give a hand signal for the word, or you can tap the dog. So that's what I did. So tapping the dog like that is called a tap signal. Literally no difference than teaching a, a dog who can see and hear. You're just touching him instead of speaking to him. Piglet does rely on the three senses he does have, touch, taste, and of course, smell. But he uses his nose to 
keep himself oriented and really engaged in his world. He's a very happy dog. He's fresh on the scent of something that smells like trouble. And how about the Shapiro's other six dogs? How do they all get along? But sometimes he'll he'll be running and he'll smash into them. But they know that's who he is and they know that's what he's going to do. They definitely know that he's different and they definitely accept him for who he is, which is part of our educational program. So this is where we circle back to Piglet's mindset? Yep. In the summer of 2017, Dr. Shapiro connected with a truly innovative third grade teacher from Massachusetts. The teacher, Ms. Trisha Frigot, I think that's how you say it, very French, has been following Piglet on Facebook and was planning to use his video to teach growth mindset to her students. And what is growth mindset? Basically, that's where the students believe they can get smarter. They understand it can be achieved through effort. Based on that principle and Piglet as a prime example, she coined the phrase Piglet Mindset and created a curriculum around that. Which I understand now has expanded and also includes lessons in acceptance, inclusion, empathy, and kindness. You know, when we decided to adopt Piglet, he needed to have a purpose because I didn't want another lap dog. So I said he's going to have a productive, meaningful life. And so far he has. Piglet merchandise raises money for a number of rescue groups across the USA, and his Piglet mindset educational materials have been used to inspire core growth principles by teachers and students and parents and by others in the community. Piglet learned how to face his challenges with a positive attitude despite his limitations. And Dr. Shapiro's lesson from Piglet is? Piglet has probably reinforced in me uh, recommending and encouraging people to adopt animals, especially animals with disabilities. Which I understand are very difficult to place. They are, and Piglet is so inspiring. If you haven't seen it, you have to check out Dr. Shapiro's Instagram feed on Piglet. You will fall in love with those pictures. We have a, <laughs> a link to that in our show notes. Yes. Now, as promised, it's time to go on a little journey with Ellie. A collie, golden retriever, a golly, I guess, who lives in Sweden and in December 2019, pre-pandemic times, took a 23-day road trip with her adoptive parents through the heart of Europe to southern France and back again. My parents were loading the car to go somewhere. I flopped down on the terrace feeling gloomy. It didn't look like there was room for me. Every dog's nightmare is to be left behind by the pack. But soon, a magic call came from my father. Come, Ellie girl, let's go, hop in the car. My father, who smelled of jam, butter and burnt toast, switched on the radio and started the engine. Have you got her passport? He asked my mother. She smelled of sweet moisturizer and sweat. I watched her rummage in her bag and pull out a dark booklet with a circle of stars on the cover. Inside it was a picture of me, so proper, she couldn't imagine there would be any problems during our trip. But I knew there were times of year, like now, when my wavy black coat sheds so much I become like an outcast. Did I still look like the majestic nine-and-a-half-year-old collie retriever in the picture? Maybe no one would let me inside the places my parents were going. I 
have to wait outside, tied to lampposts watching pigeons or curled up like a cat in the car. My mother sighed as she put the passport back in her bag. We'd surely be fine in Scandinavia. But how the Germans, French and Italians would react to the shedding, panting, salivating me was anyone's guess. We crossed border after border. But a strange thing happened. No one seemed to care about my passport. Whenever my mother tried to show it, no one even looked at it. They just smiled and winked and waved at me through the window. At the gas station, a friendly woman even suggested some vitamins to stop my shedding. We travelled further and further into the light and the hills. The luscious scents of cow manure from grasses and wildflowers were different than at home. Not once was I tied up outside or stuck alone in the car. Everywhere, humans welcomed me with words I had never heard before, but understood with my heart. They gave me bowls of water. They scratched my belly. And they filled it with delicious fatty sausage and crusty bread dipped in tasty oil I wasn't usually allowed to have. One day, my father and I got lost on a walk. We kept passing the same vineyards and duck farms. We were going in circles. But then we passed some firemen who were rescuing a whining cat stuck in a tree. Imagine my satisfaction when they interrupted the rescue to drive us home. Another time, we stopped in a tavern. I sniffed the spirits of dogs that had come before me over centuries. Some toothless old men were downing strong-smelling drinks which made them laugh so hard I couldn't help but wag my tail. In response, they breathed their warm breath over me and petted me with their big, hardened hands. As we were heading back into the cold, dark north, a policeman knelt on the platform at a subway station and kissed me on the head. He complimented me on the silkiness of my ears. After that, my mother and father called him a Great Dane. As we were nearing home, they had stopped talking about Scandinavians, Germans, Frenchmen and Italians. They just thought of everyone as good Europeans. Maybe that was like being a German Shepherd, a French Bulldog, or one of those yappy Italian dogs that sits in a handbag, or a Collie Retriever. In the end, we're all just good dogs. For Dog Edition, this is Lisa Clevermark in Sweden, Europe. The Europeans is the first winner of our monthly 101 Dog Stories contest, where we're awarding over $15,000 in prize money as we curate great dog stories from around the world. It was submitted to us by the production team of Julie Lindahl, Lisa Clevermark, Katie Lee, 
Katz Laszlo and Dominic Kramer. If you have a story you'd like to share with us, visit dogpodcastnetwork.com for information on how to submit a piece to our 101 Dog Stories contest. I want to thank you for bringing Dog Edition along with you on your walk today. We'll be back next week with another episode, but chances are that you and your dog will be taking a walk between now and then, and we have something else for you to listen to. If you're interested in hearing more from some of our guests, please check out DPN's sister show, The Long Leash. This week, hear my extended conversation with Shelley Ross. She's the award-winning television executive who wrote the amazing book, Scruffy, our loyal pandemic pooches, the good, the bad, and the crazy haircuts we gave them. And take Dog Edition along on your walk next week. We'll meet Peter Rourke, a pilot whose life-saving transport flights have brought over 16,000 animals to their forever homes. I saw that there was a real need, and I had the time, I had the skills, and I had the resources. Also next week, Kelly Lund, who you may know from his incredible Instagram feed. He introduces us to his dog, Loki, and invites us to share their love of outdoor adventure. To inspire others to get out, explore their world, and make memories with their dogs. Dog Podcast Network is for dog lovers by dog lovers, and that means we want to hear from you. You can check the show notes for links and information on how to reach us, including our old school recorded listener line, where you can call in to share your dog stories with us. Call 866-TALK-DOG. 866-TALK-DOG. I love that jingle, Pam. That's awesome. Uh, your husband created that. That's your singing. That's very, very talented. Thank you. A little polka felt right. Please check out our network website, dogpodcastnetwork.com, where you can learn about our 101 Dog Stories contest. We're giving away over $15,000 in prize money because we're looking for correspondence for Dog Edition. As a listener, please also subscribe to Dog Edition in your favorite podcast app and tell your friends about it at the dog park. I'm Pamela Lawrence, and I'll see you at the dog park. And I'm James Jacobson. I want to thank you for listening today. On behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, we wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now, on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.